Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Something to Talk About. I'm Randy Wartelski, and I thank you so much for joining us here on the Nachum Siegel Network. How many of us can say that we've truly unlocked the secret to long-lasting friendships? As a matter of fact, I would venture to say that most of us at some point or another feel like we have no friends. This is a fact of life that probably bothers more of our female listeners than the men tuning in, but nonetheless, everyone knows someone who considers them a friend. And everyone at some point goes out of their way for someone they call a friend. It's a basic fact in humanity and one strongly highlighted in Judaism as well. The relationship between Adam and Javero, between man and his friend, is of utmost importance. And if you recall the famous story in Gemara Shabbos, a man came before Shammai and asked him to convert him on condition that he teach him the whole Torah while standing on one foot. You know what happens there. He then goes before Hillel with the same request, and Hillel answers the famous line, Do not do to your friend what is hateful to you. The rest is commentary. Go learn. Teaching us that loving your friend as you love yourself is so important, one can say it's the essence of the entire Torah itself. What then, my listeners, is the secret to friendship? What is it that attracts people to others they call friends? How do people begin a friendship? breaking down barriers, pulling down walls in ways that are different, perhaps, than the close relationships they have with their spouses, parents, siblings, or children. I've always said, you know, you're good friends with someone when you know their family, and the same is true in reverse. You know your siblings' friends, your parents' friends, your children's friends, and you know them well. A landmark UCLA study on friendship suggests that friendships between women not only shape them, but help define who they are and who they are yet to become. Scientists say that hanging out with friends can reduce stress. In other words, scientifically, women tend to respond to stress with brain chemicals that cause them to make and maintain friendships with other women. Now, I don't want to lose the men in our group here, our listeners who are listening in. So men, this applies to you as well. The group of women you are about to meet is unique. They are a group I like to call the Yayas, loosely based on the novel of a similar name. And without revealing the ages of the women, I can tell you that the longest bond between at least three of them is about 40 years. They do not all live in the same community or send their children to the same schools. They have very different personalities and vary on the religious spectrum. In a groundbreaking conference call interview that I hope goes well and you don't all chat all at once, but in no particular order, order, okay, fine, this is in alphabetical order, the strongest big, big, big group of friends I have ever met Introducing Beth, Erica, Jill, Michelle N, or Michelle A, as sometimes she is called, Michelle S, Miriam, Tamar, and Tamara. Ladies, say hello. Hi. 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 Welcome. Thank you so much for being here. So, Tamara, I'm going to start with you. Yes. Can you describe the roots of the friendship? Well, I think I'm one of those three that you were saying. Um, the... the The friendship, as I see it, and it might be different from other perspectives, the friendship from where I see it um, started in elementary school, um, started before elementary school, but uh, a lot of our parents were friends with each other, so we knew each other as our our friends from home and that we would get together with, Um, but then we ended up um, in class together. And three of us were, four of us were in class together, 
and then slowly, actually three of us, then one more, and then slowly, slowly, by sixth grade, we were all together um, at different points in class. And I think um, coming from a mixture of spending summers together with our families in a bungalow, being a couple of blocks away from each other in our neighborhood, being in class together, um, and our parents knowing each other, I think all of those things, and they didn't apply to everyone at every time, but that mixture, I think, is uh, where it, where the where the growth came from. So the commonality began between all of you essentially when you were in school. Yeah, I right. think we look at each other as our. We at one point we used to say we're our high school friends, when we realized that's not really true. We're actually elementary school friends. But I think that's really where we solidified everything as a group together. Um, I think the first um, communal activity I can remember is in seventh grade when we had a teacher who somehow um, came up with this idea that on Fridays we would each bring in a different food for a salad and we made every Friday we would bring in something else and we always had this big mixed salad. So one person would bring in the lettuce and the carrots and whatever else interesting thing you wanted to bring in and one person would bring in the dressing and we'd have plates and we would all just share this salad together. So I think that's my first memory of all of us um, doing something, something uh, as dude, a group. Dude, I interrupt? I wasn't there in seventh grade. Way to rub it oh. in. <laughs> Sorry. I was going to say it was the first of many salads you would share together eventually. Yeah, I think I like Randy's take on that better than Jill. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't really the salad that brought us together. Um, oh, Michelle N., and she likes to be called Michelle N. We shouldn't tell this to her husband because Michelle N. is actually the first initial of her maiden last name. Now she's known as Michelle A. So when you guys were younger, and I, I'm a little bit nervous about asking you this question because I know that it's a difficult topic to, to talk about. But when you guys were younger, were you considered a clique? And and how got the question? And the, how did that go over? If so, how this did that? This is a Tamar question. I, I was just gonna say. I don't know if I'm happy that I didn't get it or upset because I have such answers for that. <laughs> well, Michelle, if you want to pass it off to Tamar, you can do that. It just, can uh... I pass it to Tamar? She's our, <laughs> She's our spokesperson. I'm our spokesperson. I'll answer this and then I won't answer anymore. Um, I, I, I don't think we thought of ourselves as a clique. We looked at ourselves as being friendly to other people. We have friends. They have friends. All's good in the world. We're nice to them. They're nice to us. We sit next to them when we're alphabetically in elementary school. We sit where we weren't all in the same class in high school, and we all had our own friends on the side here and there. But when the core came back to it, who are you going to spend your Saturday nights with? Who are you going to sit with at lunch? We felt like we just were friends with each other, and everybody else had their lives going on. Unfortunately, we were a very tight knit and very loud group, and we have learned over the years, that we were looked at as a very solid clique group. Um, I don't know if the word even would be almost powerful, like that people couldn't penetrate this group. Um, and I think it was more a product of just the fact that we were very confident with each other and not that we were trying to exclude anybody. If you asked each one of us who were your other friends in high school, I think each one of us could name at least four or five more people who we thought we were good friends with. Um, so a click would mean you can't talk to anyone aside from you. But we have learned that 
unfortunately, our perception is not the same perception as other people. Right. So, Michelle, and I'll let you weigh in on this. What was it that you found in each other at that time? I don't even know because some of it happened before we were so young that I'm not even sure. We had some of us, uh, four of us were in one class and three were in another class, in, starting from pre-K, I think it goes really goes back to. And then um, Jill, we met Jill when we were in fourth grade, when I was in fourth grade at least. So I think we were too young to know that it happened. And then it's the two classes, all seven, all of us, kind of then meshed together in all eight of us in middle school and I don't know what to attribute the long-lasting friendship to except that I do have to say in our 20s I think everybody was loosely in touch Mm -hmm. but I think that when we turned 30 and we all acknowledge and give credit to Beth for getting us together and insisting that this was a major milestone and we needed to celebrate it together and ever since that milestone birthday our connection has been stronger than ever, ever since that one um, marker. And now we celebrate every milestone together. Yes. Yeah, so uh, I'll take this now to the other Michelle. So, so this was the turning point, you would say, in your long-lasting friendship with the girls, this desire to spend a milestone birthday together? Michelle S.? That's me. Yes. Um, yeah, I think so. And as Michelle alluded to, I think certainly Beth deserves all the credit for that, and she could probably – give you a little bit more insight as to why she thought it was so important but i think i i think maybe we we turned into grown-ups at a certain point and and we weren't friends as kids anymore but we were friends as grown-ups and that to me was a very different sort of experience of being friends with my friends as grown-ups versus being friends with my friends as kids and i i can't imagine what people have who don't have this because it's 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 a part of our lives now and, and thanks to Beth, who started it at age 30, we see each other probably at least a minimum of once a month, if not more often. Certainly everybody's Simcha's parties, events, things that are going on in people's lives, we're an integral part of, and, and with obviously the credit to Beth for, for being the one to recognize that. So we'll take it now to Beth. What was the driving force behind doing what you did to bring this this friendship to a new level. And and why do you think it was so different turning 30 from say turning 20, you know, as Michelle and had said earlier that you didn't, you didn't have as strong a bond as a group in your twenties. And and why do you think that that changed? Um, I think when we were 20, um, I wasn't really thinking about the friendship. We were all in different places. Some of us were getting married. Some of us were in school some of us were, you know, working or all of us were working and it just wasn't, it wasn't there to be getting together. I mean, I was still in touch with everybody, but I think over time, I, I remember specifically at Tamar's wedding when I saw everybody and I said, you know, it's like as if time didn't pass. Like I saw everyone and we were talking and it was like we were back in high school and when we turned 30, I just said, like, I need to see my friends. I really need to reconnect in, in, a, in a stronger way. And I really just didn't want to turn 30 without all of my friends um, with me and to bring that back. And I, I'm just so glad that we were able to do that. And, you know, um, and it's continued. And it's so important to me to have um, these friends because I really do look forward to the time that we spend together and 
the things that we share, and and I'm cherishing this friendship, and I will forever. I, I have to interject and give some credit to Tamara, who's who's on the phone call as well, because I did not want to go to Beth's uh, house, and I, I rolled my thing. eyes. That's right. I I rolled my eyes and was like, really? Is she joking? Do you think I want to go on a Saturday night to Beth's house? And Tamara was the one who convinced me to go. So I personally have to give credit also to Tamara um, because there is no question, I, I think, in any of our minds that it was a changing point in our friendship. So, Michelle, do you think you missed out on those years in the 20s where you didn't have that same strong bond? Yes. And Anybody disagree with me? Um, I think... Yeah, go tomorrow. I think a lot of people, everybody was at really different stages of their lives in their 20s. I think it's like a huge growth period for people individually and socially. And a lot has to do with where you're living and what stage of life you're at. And Mm -hmm. I think some people in the group were, you know, closer to each other at different points. Um, But I remember when I was talking to Michelle S. before this uh, little 30th birthday gathering, I said to her, even though, you know, you might not be so close or so in touch with, you know, everybody that we were before, these people are your friends, and they'll always be your friends, and they'll always be there for you, and it's going to be, you know, great just getting back together with each other, and you'll see it's just going to be like old times, and I think Michelle S. can vouch for this, that it was like old times, even though everybody was even at that point at different stages in their lives. Is that right, Michelle? Yes, absolutely right. Yeah. Um, I, well, I think that's how it started. I think it was every time we got together, you know, whatever it was where we were all together, it just felt like it fit. And even though we were at different stages in our lives, when we got together, we were just a group, a clique, or what, however, whatever you want to call us. But just Tamara I, would say we're not a clique. <laughs> I know, but other people I, would say we I'm are. I'm not a calling. I was being facetious, but. I, I I think that that's how, you know, that's why it was so important to me at 30, just to have everybody together for this milestone stage. Randy, I, I also think that looking back, it's easy to say we missed out in the 20s by not having what we have now over the last 10 years. But, um, oh, I just revealed ages. I don't think any of us were going through the 20s feeling like, we were missing this in that there there was always like a web of connection. There was always this one remained closer to that one, or or you know when when Michelle N had her first, Michelle S and I went over there right away, and when um, we were all at each other's you know we were at each other's weddings, we were at different simchas. It, it wasn't like there was a falling out. There was something that we were regretting at the time. I think at the time it was more just like life was happening around us. And now we we made life happen in this way with each other. Right, right. Erica, you wanted to say something. No, I just want, I want to say that, of course, you know, we'll, we'll continue giving Beth credit, but I'm, I'm happy that that's how it happened, that, that, you know, the 30-year-old birthday, for whatever reason, was a turning point, and it probably was a turning point for all of us you know, um, I think 30 is a turning point for most people, um, but that it wasn't a crisis, you know, that would have brought, we would have been brought together. I mean, life would have brought us together. Like you said, we got together for each other's simchas, um, you know, through our crises. 
um, I think, I mean, at least I feel like these, these are my core friends. These are the girlfriends um, that, you know, maybe we wouldn't have been um, so in touch, but I just feel like you're when, I don't know. I think the core, the core group is there and I would have been there for you and you for me and for each other um, for everything we needed to go through. But it's fun to have it like when it's not a simcha and not a crisis for no real, for for no real reason at all for the in-betweens because life happens every day and there's a lot to share and a lot to get through and um, it may not be something so huge, but it's, you know, it's, it's, it's important to have your friends. I, I agree with Erica in that I think what also happened was that instead of there was life and there were your friends and then after those get the get-togethers became a priority. Right. And once everybody was in it and we made it a priority, when things become super important to you, you make time for them. And I think we consciously began to make time to see each other and be together. Right. And I think that's helped, you know, us get back to feeling like we're young and in high school and when we're together, it's like we're 15 all over again. Right, for sure. You're listening to Something to Talk About. I'm Randy Wartelski, and I'm joined by a group of eight women who are describing the secret to their long-lasting friendship. They've been friends since they were just little girls. And I want to bring Jill in on this because somebody earlier in our discussion said that Jill was sort of the latest to join the group of girls. And I wonder, when you look back at your friendship now, if maybe what you found in your friendship was a sense of safety with the people who really know you the best. Jill, was that your experience? Yeah, I had a very unique experience because I definitely was the person who came in the last. I actually was greeted at the playground in fourth grade by, I think it was Tamar and Michelle N. And they, I had just switched into their class, and they came over and they said, we'd be our best friends. And that was pretty much it. Um, See, that's not clicky. Yeah, no one yeah. can say, that's right, that's right. Yeah. I agree with that. <laughs> okay, that was not clicky. You see, for me... I don't have any sisters, and I feel like throughout this entire relationship, I've always, these girls have been more to me than just my friends. They've really been my sisters. Um, very sadly, my parents moved to away from the school area that we were at at that time, and over the course of the summer, and we came home, and my parents told us that we moved, and I was going to a different school. So that didn't sit really well with me, and I told my parents that I was going to go back to the original school for high school. Um, so basically, seventh and eighth grade, I was really, really miserable, but I managed to keep myself in the loop by spending a lot of Shabbatim with the girls. And then I came back for high school, and it just, it was amazing. I mean, these people really are my lifeline. They, they, they support me. They're there, everyone in their own way, at different times, in different places, throughout the course of our relationships. Um, it's just been amazing, and I definitely feel like my life is enhanced and bettered by being, you know, with them. And I want to go back to a topic you were talking about earlier without being considered a clique. I never at all thought that we were a clique in terms of being exclusive or not being friendly to other people. And later on in life, as people were saying, I came across one friend who I have now who literally thought that we were, like, just not nice, that we were rivals, and I had no idea that that was going on at all, and I never felt that we were exclusive that way. But as people said, we've been viewed in that way by some later on in life we found out. Right, and and tomorrow I'll address that with you as well. Looking back now, 
and looking at our young girls today and trying to steer them toward positive friendships and positive relationships, knowing what you know now about how your friendship, and you know, as Jill described, has so supported you all through uh, good times, bad times, and just plain good fun. Uh, what would you say to our young girls today who are seeking that kind of security in a friendship? Um, it's interesting that you addressed me. I have four daughters, and I think about this all the time. Um, my daughters are all very different from each other. Uh, one is the opposite of me, and one is exactly me. The old, looking at the older two, the younger two are still sort of developing into themselves. And... Um, I am constantly needing people to remind me that what I have with my friends is unusual and that if my children don't have it, it's okay. Um, and yet I try very hard to listen to them and to help them create the bonds similar to what I have because I know how special and how important it has been for me. Um, when... When, when we get together on a night and my kids don't want me to go out and I can say to them, I can name them three or four friends and say, imagine in X number of years you and those friends want to go out to dinner because you haven't seen each other in a few months and things, life has gotten hectic and you've known each other since this grade. Imagine what that would be like. Not everyone is going to have the experience we have. I think anybody who is lucky enough to find a group of friends at any point in their lives is going to be able to have that confidence, have that sense of security, um, know that even if they don't feel like they fit in in other places in the world, they know they fit in here, and so life is okay. Uh, so I, I think any way that we, as, as parents, as educators, as friends, as whoever, whatever role we play in young women's lives, if we could, if we could fo help them foster long-term relationships, whenever it starts, I think it could only be healthy and positive for them. Can I add something? Can I yeah. add something to what Tamar's saying? I just yes. asked that. So, <laughs> okay. by the way, um, I wanted to say that I didn't realize that not everyone in the world had relationships like we had. Um, and it really came to a head for me with my daughter, my daughter who's now going into high school. And she was in seventh grade, and she had been with the same kids. You know, the classes switched up, but she had known the same kids since she was two. And every day it was another fight. It was another, uh, she doesn't like me, this one doesn't like me. It was every day was like another sense of drama. And I'm certainly not saying that we didn't have drama and that we didn't have arguments. And um, we didn't have, you know, it wasn't a utopian society that was perfect. But... I always knew at the end of the day that I had my girls and that they had my back and that they were always going to be there. And I don't know if every young girl today, I mean, I know now, especially as a teacher, that they don't have that. And I agree with what Tamara was saying, that if there's anything we can do to um, encourage or somehow help young girls to find friendships like this, then it would be an amazing thing. Yeah, Erica. Except, can I just say, ironically, that our parents were not involved in any of our relationships, that we were, even though we fought and or we definitely had fights, and I don't necessarily agree that I felt that in, like, high school that we'd always be together. It just kind of worked out that way. But the one thing I could say is that we worked everything out on our own. We didn't have, our parents did not get involved in any of our um 
drama in our relationships at all. So, like, right. that was really done on our own. We were able to do that and work that out on our own. Right. Erica, you wanted to say something? Yeah. I, I mean, I just really wanted to add. Um, I think it is unusual to have a, a, a group of eight girlfriends, that's for sure. But what I love about the group is that everyone brings something different to the group, which is really amazing. Um, but what I tell my three daughters um, is, you know, when they have issues with their friends is if you want to have friends, you have to be a friend. And I think that everybody in this group has proven over however many years it is, you know, what it is to be a friend um, in really all different types of, um, of situations. So I think that it's certainly true with our group that, that we are each friends to each other. We became friends and then, you know, that's sort of, we, you know, feed off of each other. Um, yeah, let, let's get Tamara and Michelle Michelle S in on this. Ultimately, is it about the group or is it about each individual friendship within the group? I think it's really about the group. Everybody has, I, I think everybody has their strengths and weaknesses, and I know if I'm having a problem or issue, and depending on what it is, I'd probably, um, you know, my focus, uh, my what I need help with to each individual person's strengths and weaknesses, but it's really about the group cumulatively because, um, you know, we have these gatherings and we get together and we talk about our lives and what's going on and everybody has ups and everybody has downs, and it's just very good to get different perspectives and insights from every person because everybody's coming from a different place. Even though we're all basically coming from the same place originally, everybody's been thrown through so many different things in their lives up to this point that their experiences really have a way of impacting, you know, each of us in every way. And, and it's great to have that from each person So um, and get advice and just, you know, anything could change your mood and make you happy, make you sad. We sit there sometimes, we cry, we laugh, we, we shout at each other. Um, we give each other pieces of our pieces of mind, but all in all, it's really about the group, and um, that's what's important. And Miriam, who doesn't even live near us, you know, we always call into her and have a phone conference, or we FaceTime with her, so she's there, even though she can't always be at the gatherings, you know, physically. Um, she is there with us, and we email all the time, and everybody puts in their two cents, and I think that's what makes this um, union really, really good and really special. Uh, Michelle asks a question for you. Harder to make friends as an adult? Yes, I think. I think harder to make real friends as an adult. I think, um, and I was going to answer partly what Tamara said, that situationally it's always easier to say that some people's friendships are a little bit um, closer than others. Uh, Tamara and Erica live in Senac. Maybe they shuttle each other's kids around. Maybe they see each other more frequently than, say, me and Tamara do. Uh, Tamar, David, and I, we grew up back-to-back. Back. We, we tend to spend a lot of yuntips still together that maybe I don't spend with some of the other people in the group. I, I maybe uh, physically live closer to some people than others. That said, I don't think that any of the eight of us would actually make the argument that we are closer to any person who lives in a physical proximity than we are to any other person in the group. Everybody just sort of has their role. I know if I need advice on this thing, I'm going to call this person. 
and I know if I need a shoulder to cry on, I'm going to call this person. And I know if I need some tough love, they're all going to call me. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we, lie, we rely on Michelle S. for that tough love. <laughs> and, and I reiterate what Tamara says, that everybody truly has their role within the group. I think, to, to answer your question about making friends later on, I, I don't think that you can find this friendship in somebody who you meet later in life. Um, because of the experiences that you've gone through with the person all the way through. Right. I don't think you can. I have not been able to to date. Um, maybe maybe some of the other girls will disagree with me. Right. Can I, I, just to add in on that, a big part of it is, as I said, where the roots begin, is that we're not independent people who happen to go to a school and became friends together. Uh, many of our families were good friends, some closer than others. Some lived in the same neighborhoods, um, or some just knew each other from the school. Some were teachers in the school. And um, that the, the added history of not just knowing what happened to me in ninth grade, but knowing what the whole family was like, it makes it easier to, when you're sitting down and really needing advice or support on something that maybe somebody, it would take too long to explain the family dynamics. It would take too long to explain your, your parent personality. So you just, with a newer friend, as much as you talk to them more often because your kids are in the same school and you're discussing things about carpool or anything, you maybe speak to them three times a day because you need, oh, do you have an extra onion for me? I ran out of one. When it came down, when it comes down to needing to talk about something, often these are the friends that we'll turn to because we don't have to give that whole history. Um, and and when we've gone through, we've gone through happinesses together, and we've unfortunately gone through sadnesses together. And when those sadness times come, there's also an ability to know that everybody knew what was going on for you for so long. So it it. It doesn't mean that we can't make good friends later in life, which I think we all have. It's just such a different kind of friendship that, at least for me, I know I can I can come back to these girls and talk. If there's something that I'm not talking about with anyone else in my life, I can come back here, not be judged, not be, not have to explain thirty years of information before getting to the point. I think that's also a very important part of what makes this bond very special. Right. I think what you're saying, Tamar, is the shared history that we have. Like as much as, let's say, I could explain or talk to somebody who's a new friend or a later-in-life friend or a work friend, as close as I am to them, they're still not going to understand the nuances of my life the same way that you guys do because you've known me since I was so little. And I think, I, I unless I'm wrong, I think that's what you're trying to say. It's that shared history and knowledge of our whole families and knowing our whole life story since we were little and makes it a different kind of friendship than the ones we've forged later on in life. Right. I, look, I can even, I don't know if we want to give specific examples. I know that when, when my mother died and I had friends that were new for me coming, I had to explain who my mother was, and that was a very important part of Shiva also. But when these girls were with me, which was all the time throughout the Shiva, it was just, them sharing memories with me, me sharing memories with them, us talking about their lives in my house with my mother. And it's just, it's just very different. That's, it, it's not, I can't, I don't want to 
say that my other friendships are right. bad. Your adult friends, down, it's right. just a different level. Right. Your adult friends tend to know about you only what you tell them rather than experience right. it with you. We're going to take a short break here, and we'll be back with more of something to talk about right after this.
Welcome back to Something to Talk About here on the Nachum Siegel Network. I'm Randy Wartelski, and you're listening to a group of eight friends discuss their secret to their long-lasting friendship. It's a friendship that began 40 years ago and that remains strong through until today with a little break in between. By the way, if you have any questions or comments about today's program, please do email me at randy at nachumsegel.com. That's R-A-N-D-I at nachumsegel.com. We were talking before the break about the uniqueness of this group of friends and the uniqueness that it is actually eight people who managed to stay in touch since their grade school years. And uh, I wanted to send this question out to Michelle S. How do you guys keep in touch? What are your some of your get-togethers like? What do you do? Um, so Michelle N. just alluded to the fact that technology has helped us tremendously. Oh, interesting point. In uh, the last 15 years, I would say. So we certainly, somebody, um, maybe usually Erica, shoots out an email to the group and says, I need my friends. That sounds so pathetic. And that usually starts a chain of sometimes up to 100 emails in a day, and it's usually a dinner. Um, at some point during the week, we almost never will agree to meet unless everybody in the group is available other than Miriam, who we Skype or FaceTime in, um, unless it's really a rare occasion would we agree to meet unless everybody was available. And I think Tamar alluded to the fact earlier that we make the time in our schedules. The time is not readily available to anybody, but we make it available to make it happen. So let's go through. We'll ask one person at a time. And I understand that Miriam is no longer on our on our conference call, so we can't get Miriam's input onto this. But let's. Um, I'll call you out one at a time, and I want you to tell me what you think the best of all the get-togethers was. And um, we're going to leave off the table the recent big birthday get-together, because we'll talk about that separately as a group. So you can't talk about that one. But up until that point, in the 10 years prior to the last big birthday get-together, um, Beth, go ahead. Best best get-together. Uh, I don't know. There are so many. But I, I, I think some that stick out are the ones that we spent in Michelle's, Michelle S. apartment. Okay. Like, Erica? I don't know why. It's just cozy. We're loud. and um, Oh, we're we loud everywhere, Beth. Love it. <laughs> um... Okay, we'll come back to you. Yeah, I need some time. Okay, Jill. I love when we're at restaurants and we're so loud that people give us dirty looks. (laughs) And we especially always try to find places that have brown people. And when we do, that's like, okay, Michelle A, Michelle N. Yeah. I think I'd have to say, I don't think it's a specific time, but I'm the opposite of Jill. I think there was one point we switched to specifically in getting together in people's private homes rather than in public because we couldn't be as loud as we wanted to be. We couldn't talk about as intimate things as we wanted to. Mm -hmm. And I think those times around anybody's table in their home, wherever the get-together was, are always consistently my favorites because it's very candid and very intimate and very personal and very loud. And we never – there's never one time that's better than the other. Okay, Michelle S.? I'm going against all of you, and I'm going with Summer Beach Day. <laughs> so summer we've beach. started to do in the last couple of years since Miriam, who lives in Seattle, spends the summers in New Jersey, we've started to do a Summer Beach Day. And the reason, and it has nothing to do with the weather or my feet in the sand, it has to do with time. 
and in all of the other get-togethers, there always feels like from the second we see each other until the second we leave, there's a time constraint. Oh, my God, I have to get home. Oh, my God, I have kids. Oh, my God, I have work. And it's never enough time. And the summer beach day that we spend together is the only time that ever feels like there's enough time in the day. As endless as the ocean itself. Tamar? So I had one, and through the talking, I thought of another. So I'm going to say two that I can't. I have two also. You guys might not even remember the first one. The second or third time we got together after our 30th, we went to this tiny little karaoke room Uh, in the city. Oh, yes. And so fun. I I still I think of that it's it's not what we normally do because the idea isn't to get together and just have fun together it's to talk it's to connect and so that's why the other ones really do spend um, you know do I guess fulfill our needs a little bit more but I think back to that as being immensely immensely fun um, and then the other thing just as Michelle was talking about the summer beach day the first time we did a summer beach day we actually did a summer beach overnight. And I was seven months pregnant, and there was everybody in their beautiful beach garb, and I was in <laughs> compression stockings. And I, I just remember walking on the beach, and, and I was going to get home early because I had promised my others I'd be there by the time they went to bed. And every hour, what Michelle was saying with time, every hour I would call home and be like, can I come home a little later? Can I come home a little later? I, I think we ended up coming home at midnight, and it was... Just, again, um, the first time that we did something different, we did something um, where we took ourselves out of our everyday lives um, and, and spent it together. So I, I think those two stick out of my mind. Right, right. And Tamara, um, let's get together. Yeah. One of them that sticks out in my mind is uh, we had, Michelle S. and I have been living in the city for a while, and we had all these suburb girls over, and we kind of did a little makeover party. Oh, oh that was good. <laughs> the thing, though, that really sticks out of my I think it was the first gathering at best when, you know, I'm giving the pep talk to Michelle S., and I my, myself was a little bit, you know, because um, everybody was at different stages in their lives, and I remember just coming out of there, and, like, everybody's the same, and we're all the same, and, and the friendship hasn't changed. It's Everybody has grown up, but... We're there. Like, these are my sisters. Like, Jill was saying before how she didn't grow up with sisters. Jill and I are the only two people in this little group who didn't grow up with sisters, but these are my sisters, and these are people who I know I could call on at, you know, 2, 3 o'clock in the morning, and they'll be there if I need them to be there. So, um, and I'm thankful for that, and I think that gathering at Beth's house was really a great turning point for this um, friendship to, like, evolve. So I've been thinking throughout this whole time. All right, we forgot to get back to Forgot to get back to me. Um, so funny because the two times I liked the best were at my house. <laughs> One, you know, whatever, that was humorous. And also more moving was the two weeks before my husband died. And you all came to my house. And, you know, he was in the other room. And even in that moment, I remember having such amazing laughs like we always do. Like, you know, at, I feel like at every... You know, at every um, get-together, we have one laugh that makes us cry, stomach hurt, like all that, that crazy laughter. And we were able to do that, you know, even even at that time. Um, so that will always, you know, stick out in my mind also. That you can that you can laugh in difficult times as well. well. Right. Like we are 
yes, we are just there for each other. It was a really, really difficult time. Um, and it was just amazing that we were still able to laugh and still able to get through it and talk about our trip and um, really make light out of a very not light situation. Right. I, I was going to, and I know that Erica has a sister with whom she is very close, and you can anyone with, with a sister here can weigh in on this, because Tamara mentioned earlier, and Jill mentioned as well, that the friendship with the girls is different than a friendship with a sister. And I'm curious to know why that is. So let's uh, let's call it out to Tamar. How does your friendship with your with your girlfriends differ than a friendship that you have with a sister? I guess there's a similarity in that. Again, like Michelle said before, there are times when I'll reach out to one, and there are times I'll reach out to the other within our group. And I have that within my own siblings, sisters. Times that one will fill a role, and times the other one fills the role. So similarly, I guess. There's, you know, there's that parallel. It differently is you don't have the family politics. There's, there isn't all the other around you stuff that goes on. We are just us. We live in a bubble almost in a very beautiful life is like a rainbow in the sky. So blissfully cold yet so hard to hold that. on to bubble. And that. yeah. Anybody else want to weigh in on this? Um, so the only thing that I'll add to that, and I have a lot of sisters, um, as you all know, almost as many friends as sisters. Um, the only thing that I'll add to that is that the people that I, um, you know, nobody has a lot of time in their lives. You, the only time that you have, you have to choose to surround yourself with the people who are the most important to you. The only two groups that fit into that category are family and your friends. Your family, you don't get to choose. You hope for the best. And thankfully in my situation, my sisters are as much my best friends as my best friends are my sisters. They really could be interchangeable. There just are certain times when you need somebody a little bit outside the scope of your everyday, right. which is your sisters, and that's when you look to the friends. Right, maybe a little a little perspective. Okay, we're gonna um, we're gonna play a little game here, girls, and the game is called "Let's See How Well You Know Each Other." Oh no! After all that. <laughs> So I have to admit, you're going to clean up on this, yeah. I did get a little bit of help uh, coming up with some of the questions. So um, if there's anybody in this phone call who may have helped me come up with the questions, you're not allowed to answer. Okay, so uh, so the first question is about food because I know a lot of your get-togethers revolve around food. If you were going out to eat, which one of the eight of you would pick the following restaurant? So I'll name a restaurant. And I want you all to say, hopefully you'll all say the same person at the same time. Who would be the one to pick that particular restaurant where you would go? Okay? Everybody How understand? Do we buzz in? No, we don't. We all say we it together. We could just shout it out. No buzzing necessary. <laughs> and whoever gets it wrong is out of the group. Okay. <laughs> so, are we ready to play? Da, 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 da. Okay, Jerusalem Steakhouse. Tamara. That could be Beth also. That's Beth or Tamara. Okay, what's the consensus? Well, the, they're both good answers, Tamara but I go with Beth. Tamara, the big, the big, big meat eater. Okay, so either yeah. Beth or Tamara. Okay. Angels were put on this planet for a reason. Um, the answer we were looking for was Beth. For, huh? Go on. The second restaurant is. <laughs> the, the second restaurant is Juice Bar No Food. Michelle. Michelle S. Ding 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 ding. You're all winners. Okay, and the last restaurant in this uh, part of the quiz is a place that serves gluten-free food but not dairy. Tamara. Tamara. <laughs> Tamara. 
Okay. Well, give us more challenging questions. Well done, well done. Okay, now come the hard ones. This part of the game is called Who is the? I'm going to describe a personality type, and you all will tell me who you think. Oh, I'm so excited. Who you think best fits, okay? Question number one. Who is the da, 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 planner of most events? Not the initiator. Beth. Planner Beth. No, no, she's not the. I would, oh. Not the initiator, Tomorrow. but the planner. Michelle S is big high up there. Ding 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 oh, ding Michelle, ding. Oh, good. Okay. Tamara, I gave you the credit because you always plan my life. Yes. <laughs> okay. That's the answer we were looking for. I, I, I don't have to know if you're all in agreement about upon that because that's the answer we were looking for. Okay. Um. Easiest to please. Who is the me? Come on, guys. That's Erica. To please. <laughs> <laughs> the answer was Miriam. Oh, that's true. Next question. We'll let Erica. <laughs> We're gonna let Erica answer this one. Who is the center of all attention? <laughs> Woohoo! It's gotta Erica. be Erica. <laughs> Erica. Ding 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 ding. Okay. Um, thank you, thank you. Who is the person most likely to be late? Tamara. Tamara. Ding, 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 ding. I, I my ways, people. <laughs> I have to say, I've been getting these all right. Who is the person most likely to be early? Beth. Me or Beth? Yeah, Michelle Beth. Yeah. Beth is the answer we were Beth. looking for. Yeah, ding, 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 ding. And the last question is, who is the, you don't have to answer this if you don't want to, because I want you all to remain friends after this. Oh, the no. person most likely to disagree with everyone else. Michelle S. Tamar. Oh, sure. Michelle S. 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 No, Tamar. Tamar doesn't disagree. I love this. I love this disagreement. I love it. I'm actually not going to reveal the answer about that. Okay. Um, We just have a couple of minutes left, and I wanted to hear about your big birthday year. I know you guys celebrated in a very special way. And um, I wanted to hear about how the big celebration came about and what you guys ended up doing and how that all came about. So let's pass it over to Michelle S. So as far as I remember, and anybody could interject details if I get them wrong, we were in my apartment Mm -hmm. um, at least a year, maybe a year and a half before we actually went on the trip. And we talked about going on a vacation together to celebrate a birthday. I don't think at that time we had any real ideas and plans, and it was just sort of was something that sat in our calendar. As people's lives continued, um, we saw on Facebook that a rival group. We weren't rivals. We were not a clique, remember? No clique, no rival. A rival group planned a birthday party, and there was no way. We were going to let them get away with that. And so that was the start, as I recall, of our um no, of our we were planning. I really wish it would come no, from a, we a better, happier it. place. That was just a big joke amongst us because of this <laughs> right. whole people Arcade looking at Sandy, as, and we weren't not going to go because the other group had went on the trip. Right. So then there were some, um, you know, some challenges that, that stepped in our way, Um Erica went through some personal challenges, and the girls who lived in Long Island went through some challenges with the hurricane. Um, we actually had our trip originally planned to go the week after the hurricane. It was painstaking to pick a date, and that was the one that we chose. Um, thanks to the um, airlines and the hotels, everything 
that has to be rescheduled was rescheduled free of charge. And I don't know, we like just picked an eeny, meeny, miny march, and we just all, like we've done with every other thing we've done together, we, we just decided we're doing it, and nothing was going to really step in our way. Yeah, And all for and one, one for all. Remember we said it's that? It's unbelievable that eight people who have such, all of us, have such busy lives and so much going on in the world managed to pull off what we pulled off, managed to all get together and get on planes and get to um, Mexico, and I never had a more amazing experience in in my life. Like, it was it was unbelievable. It, it was, I don't even know how to explain the trip. Like, there's not even words that can describe the amount of laughter, the amount of fun, the amount of emotions, like everything that happened. at the La Vista. Yeah. Oh, that's true. It does sound like a beautiful way <laughs> to celebrate. But it was just. It was unbelievable. It does sound like a beautiful way to celebrate a milestone. And um, we're just about out of time here, so I want just like a one or two word answer from everybody on my last question here. Um, what are one or two words of advice that you would give other groups of friends out there who are about to embark on a new phase of life and are having a hard time keeping up with each other? Um, so I'll give you, I'm going to go in backwards alphabetical order, so I'll give you a moment to think. Um, just for example, some of the things that you talked about earlier were um, your unique feelings toward each other, and that's what helped you guys keep it together. So think about those kinds of things and give us some advice for some other groups of friends out there, young people who want to figure out, how do I keep this? How do I keep this going strong? So Tamara, one or two words. Just keep those lines of communication open always. Great. Tamara. Be non-judgmental and respectful of your differences. Michelle S. Make the effort, find the time. Yep. Michelle N. That's Michelle I was A. I say the same thing. Find, <laughs> find, the, find the time. Okay, Jill. Ditto to everybody, and I always keep a mantra that we've kind of adopted, which is I love my friends, and I always keep that in my head, and then I'm able to uh, go forward and make it, you know get together and do all these things because it's something that's so important. At the, even on one of our T-shirts that we made when we went away to, um, not on this past trip, but it said it was called the I Love My Friends Getaway because that's how I feel. If you if you feel the love to your friends, you're going to do all of the above, make the time, have the time. That was more than a few words. <laughs> Next, Erica. <laughs> oh, it's my turn? It's along the same lines, prioritize. You really have to make friendship a priority. And Beth? I'm just going to repeat what I think most everybody said is just make the effort. Great. Well, guys, thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining me today and for talking about your the secret to your long-lasting friendship. And may you continue to have this strong bond for the next 120 years. Amazing. Thank you. Oh, amazing. Thanks. And thanks to everybody for tuning in today. We hope that we've given you something to talk about and something to think about right here on the Nahum Siegel Network. Let's give them something to talk about.